Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Inside the clubhouse decides who should stay and who should go in Major League Baseball on 670 The Score. Should I stay or should I go now? And we are back inside the clubhouse. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito in for Speeds this week. He's in Ireland. He'll be back soon. Uh, In the meantime, we're deciding who to trade here, Bruce Levine, and who to keep. And today's subject is a popular one on the South Side. Well, it is, and it's uh, also one that makes people uncomfortable talking about Jose Abreu. Is he going to get an extension uh, knowing that he's a free agent, Mike, starting this November? Does he get an extension now? Uh, Is it a two- or three-year extension? Or is he traded at the deadline, which is July 31st? Numerous teams uh, that need a slugging first baseman for two months. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, Boston, yep. the Tampa Bay Rays in desperate need of more offense. Uh, he would fit in beautifully with either team. He would help a lot of teams right now. I think he's still second or third in uh, the American League in RBI. We know about his leadership quality, defense's average. Um, he's going to help wherever he goes, but... Isn't incumbent upon the White Sox to make a statement now saying, you know what, Uh, we're keeping Jose Abreu, we're signing him to an extension. Is that a part of their rebuild, keeping him a part of this now? Or do you sit down and say, look, Jose, um, we want to sign you after the season to an extension. Here's the parameter of the money we're thinking about. We need to trade you right now to bring in more starting pitching for our rebuild. We're not there yet. If if I'm the White Sox, I certainly have explored that second option, the the, the ladder that you just did. If you can, if you have such a great relationship with Abreu, which I think they do, and if you do intend to bring him back at whatever level you do as a free agent after the season, and you can get him to go along with, not that you have to necessarily get his buy-in, but I mean, assuming with a guy like Jose that you have that type of relationship with, you would ask for his buy-in and say, hey, we're going to do this to make the team better, and when you come back over the next two or three years or whatever it is that they would re-sign him for, that's what I would do. I, I say, at this point, if you can get, which I think you can get some good value for Jose Abreu, you, you would be smart to trade him, and then we're, we're assuming the plan is to bring him back, but if the plan is to not bring him back, then you know what? You thank him profusely for his service, and he's been a wonderful influence on your team, and you part. 312-644-6767. Join Mike and I in the conversation on Cubs and Sox. Everything baseball will explore uh, the Hall of Fame entry of Harold Baines and Lee Smith as well before we're out of here, and Rosie and Mike take over before Cub baseball. Um, Mike, there's another variable, and that is with Eli Jimenez having had two injuries in the outfield already this year. Is that a, a fluky thing, or is it something where the White Sox eventually say to the, themselves, 
we got to get him out of the outfield. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, is it opening up first base for Eloy Jimenez? And is, does he go to instructional league? Uh, does he go to the Arizona Fall League? Uh, does he work on his skills as a first baseman? Or uh, is that just uh, getting too far ahead, knowing that he's only 22 years old? He's likely to improve in the outfield. He works very hard out there. The coaches work him to death out there. Yet, these type of accidents have taken place, and uh, they've put him on the IL twice. It's an interesting question. This hour brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one eight seven seven cars for kids 312-644-6767. White Sox fans, what do you think about Jose Abreu moving at the trade deadline? And you're right, Bruce, because... Eloy could move in and try to play first base. Uh, his outfield play, not stellar, although we have seen this with other guys. The guy we just talked to, Kyle Schwarber, most notably, you work out there and your defense improves. You put in the right. time. I'm going to guess, and this is only a guess, that a guy like Eloy is mainly working on his hitting and not necessarily his fielding. Well, you put him through drills and, and regular training with major league instructors on playing the outfield, and you're going to see that improvement. That having been said, he could also play first base. Your draft pick this year is a first baseman, and and you're already hearing, hey, this guy is not really a first baseman. He's a DH. Well, you can't have that many DHs. you got to have somebody play the field at first base. So who's that going to be? I mean, that's really the question for White Well, they think Vaughn's going to be the first baseman. But in reality, you need to be able in player development, Mike, look at a player like Eloy and say, how can we best – develop him, and how can we keep him on the field? That was a conversation the last couple of years when he was in the minor leagues getting uh, little injuries. Is he injury prone or the outfield play, uh, you, know, in, you know, conducive to him getting hurt? I, I think that when, when you're projecting Abreu here, you must look at your other options at first base and say, you know, as much as he means to us as a player – He's been a good soldier here for six years. He's been, you know, averaging mostly, you know, 25 to 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, you know, uh, an incredibly great guy, an incredibly great teammate. But moving into his upper years of 32 or 33, you don't want him there a year too long or two years too long. Mm-hmm. So from all of that, it's, it's not an easy decision for the White Sox. And, and for your uh, extensive knowledge, you've obviously, as you, as you said, you've done this for a lot of years. Do teams, is that, is that a real scenario where a team will approach a guy like a Jose Abreu and say, listen, we want to bring you back. Here's what we're thinking. You've been a great teammate. It's been done. Can we trade you, right? Uh, yeah. It's been done. Uh, look at uh, what happened with Chapman. Yeah. Chapman comes to the Cubs. Uh, the Yankees get themselves an all-star caliber infielder in Torres. He's going to be an outstanding player and an all-star probably for the next 10 years. Chapman wins a World Series with the Cubs. And, uh, you know, three weeks later, he's a Yankee. Uh Five years, $85 million. So these things can and they they will happen. I I just think there's a sensitivity when a player says, I want to stay, I want to stay, I want to be a White Sox player. And then you trade him. You might lose that feel for him. Uh, he might lose his feeling for the Sox. You worry about how the young players perceive the rebuild as far as the all-for-one, one-for-all. But you know what, 
Mike, Major League Baseball is a business, mm-hmm. and these young guys have to figure out that uh, acquiring young talent, acquiring talent and keeping it and making a Major League uh, quality team to try to win a championship isn't all about making everybody happy with uh, who's the leader in the clubhouse. The leader in the clubhouse is Ricky Renteria and his coaches. U.S. Open coverage brought to you by the BMW Championship at Medina Country Club August 13th through August 18th. Visit BMWChampionship.com. And from everything Abreu has said, Bruce, and he said all the right things, he doesn't have to come out and say any of this, really. I mean, this is a team that has been really bad. They're in the middle of a rebuild. They're on the upside of that rebuild, but he's a guy who sees the positives coming, and he's a guy that seemingly really wants to be here. He, he values the partnership Never he's played built. for a winning team, Mike, it's, with it's the a, White Sox, you know, six years. Amazing. So most guys would be dying to get out. In the case of Abreu, it's, hey, I've been waiting a long time to win here. I want to win as a White Sox. I, um, I owe a lot to the organization for believing in me, signing me to that $68 million deal, even though he left money on the table from – I, I believe the Red Sox uh, had a deal for $72 million, but he liked uh, everything he heard and saw about the White Sox. That has continued. It's been a love affair, but, mm-hmm. you know, the White Sox at that time, when they brought him in, Mike, they thought he was going to be a final piece to them winning with veteran players, mm-hmm. and that, that just didn't happen. So you look at Abreu right now and you say, is he more valuable to us in the short term staying? Or is he more valuable for the short term and the long term for him to be traded? None of that Abreu's fault, by the way. The the winning with veterans thing. Abreu was fantastic his his rookie year. Yeah, they just uh, didn't get he, it done. You know, as a he's team. done everything, and he came in a pretty brutal first baseman, and he's made himself into a pretty good one. I mean, he's not a Gold Glover, but he's he's adequate. You know, he's decent at yep. first base. He worked hard at that. So everything's a, a plus for Abreu, except for. His age and the barrier of, uh, you know, are the White Sox going to take this full step up in 2020 and be competitive for a championship in 2021 and way beyond that? Three one two six four four six seven six seven. He'd like to check in on this topic. We head out to Wheaton first. Chuck is on the line on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Chuck, good morning. Morning, guys. I'm not sure that I understand contract law the same way you guys do. I believe what you're asking Abreu to do is have two contracts with two different teams at the same time, and I believe that's contrary to the agreement that the players have in their association agreement. Well, uh, what they have, what you have with a private conversation with somebody you have a personal relationship with, and the other, I'm not saying we're going to give you two years and $36 million. I believe if the White Sox say we are seriously going to sit down with you and offer you an extension uh, afterwards, uh, you're right. It might not be on... On the surface, might not be what you what you want, but when you have communication and a personal relationship, you can explain your situation. You can talk about uh, the parameters of what you want to do in the future. Um, I think you're getting real close to tampering in some cases. But oh, who are you not, tampering? Uh, but who are you tampering with? The, the the other club that's trying to make an agreement with him. What other club? Somebody else is going to give him an offer. Yeah, to but he's do not a free agent. Say that the reason he didn't keep it is because he had a Sub Rosa deal already with the well, White okay. Sox. Okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that as long as he's a player with the White Sox, he can talk to them about anything. Mm-hmm. Sure, he so, can. No saying. But Thank I don't think he can say, I'll guarantee I'll come back next year. Oh, no, there's no, I don't think the White Sox can guarantee him. 
and I don't think Abreu can guarantee them. That's just not you, – you can't have two contracts at the same time. You're right about that. That was my point. That it, yeah. it sounded yeah. suspiciously like we were talking about two contracts at the yeah, same time. Yeah, we're just talking <laughs> parameters of uh, having a, a personal relationship with a guy that could help you in two different ways. But, you know, you're, legally you're 100% right about that. Thanks for the call. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the, the, the idea here is that Jose Abreu is, is a favorite of the chairman of Jerry Reinsdorf. And the relationship is so good that I think on both sides, not, not that you're going to legally draw up paper saying we will resign you in the offseason, but you go to him in good faith and as somebody that you value tremendously and have valued for the last six years, and you say, Jose, we love you. We want to improve the team by training you. Our plan is to bring you back in the offseason. Here is our thoughts as to what we might offer you in the offseason. All of it very informal, nothing written down, and obviously Jose would enter free agency, and then you would just have to resign him. Mike, you're right about Jerry Reinsdorf loving Jose Abreu, but he's going to allow Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, if they can make the case of, well, tell me why we're going to be better without Jose Abreu. And that is how Jerry works. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time there's been a coach with the Bulls, or a manager uh, with the White Sox change, his top front office people have come to him, and he said to them, okay, you want to replace the manager mm-hmm. or the coach? Uh, tell me who you're going to bring in instead. So J- Jerry would want to know, what are we getting back? Is this worth it for the short term, more importantly, mm-hmm. for the long-term health of our team and our young players? Is this going to suit us well? And if, and if Rick and if Kenny can make the case that we're getting a young pitcher back who we think will be in our rotation in a year uh, or two years, Jerry's going to say, okay, go ahead and do it. But it better work out. That's right. No, no screwing around I here, remember guys. when uh, he <laughs> traded, uh, when, when Harold Baines was traded to the Texas Rangers. And he told Larry Himes, uh, that, um, you're, you know, you're trading my favorite player. What are we getting back? He said, well, we're getting this kid, Alvarez. We're getting this kid, uh, Scott, um, and Scott me, Fletcher. Scott Fletcher and this kid named Sosa. And he said, okay. And these guys are going to be better than Harold Baines. And, he, and Heim said, we're going to get back some really good players that are going to have great careers. And uh, Jerry told Larry at that time, you better be right. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. I'm going to let you trade, Harold, but you better be right about this. And basically, he's warning him, your job's in jeopardy if it didn't work out. Well, they got back a, a guy that hit 600 home runs. They got back a guy that was a 15-game uh, winner on a regular basis, a middle infielder that was pretty darn good. And eventually, they got Harold back. They, they retired his <laughs> number. Right. They retired his number when he was with the Texas Rangers, which was odd. Uh-huh. But Again, that's how Jerry Reinsdorf works. He will let his baseball and basketball people do what they want to do. And, and the uh, the Sosa for George Bell thing is a totally separate thing, but uh, that was uh, I mean, the, it, the, the trade, the Baines the trade itself is, is was a good trade. The point is that Himes was right about yeah, the talent. it was a good trade, yeah. Yeah, it was, he was right about it. And Harold went on to have eight or nine more uh, excellent years in Major League Baseball. Let's head on out to Willowbrook. Owen is up next and inside the clubhouse. Good morning, Owen. Good morning, guys. Hey, the risk I think they take with Abreu, if they don't give the extension now, is this: is um, Abreu can go back, to, go to like a, the Red Sox, and he could say to the Sox, "Okay, you know, I will, I will sign 
But he'd go to the Red Sox and say, you know what? I got a taste of the team that's going to win now. And, and you know, the Sox aren't guaranteed anything. I don't care what people say about these rookies and all these young guys. They're not guaranteed about winning anything the next year or two. You know the Red Sox are going to always be there. And then and then they're going to also risk him going saying, you know what, maybe I'm worth more than what it is. Right. And he could, what he could do, what they could do is say, hey, we're going to sign you now like the Reds did Joey Votto. Joey Votto doesn't care about winning, I don't think. Joey Votto wants to be where he is, and that's it. Well, he got a so big I, contract for a long term. I mean, it wasn't well, yeah, a two-year no extension. It was a long, long extension. Well, right, there's no doubt. But but he got the long, long extension. But there's no way the Reds are going to win. And and, and, and I, I don't know if Joey Votto believed that or not, but he was comfortable where he was at. And and I think if you look at Abreu, the Sox might say, okay, we'll call We'll come to this agreement, but things change after he leaves and he gets a real taste of the winning and playing with veterans and guys that know how to win right now. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a fascinating subject because you can be right either way on this. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's a there's a chance next week we hear that the White Sox have extended Jose Abreu to a two or three year contract. Yeah, and that's yeah. end of the story. And I, I'd say, you know, I don't think that was initially in the White Sox plans, but. If they think he's that important to them uh, and he want, they want to make a statement for the future, that may be what we see happen. And the Votto thing, too. I mean, it helps that he's going to make $200-plus million over the course of that 10-year or 12-year, whatever it was, I guess contract. So. Right, but, you know, the, Owen's point is valid. I mean, the Reds have not been a contender during Votto's tenure there necessarily. And, uh, you know, but, that, but that's, listen, he's their cornerstone player. He has been for how many years now? Let's take one more call, and we'll hit a break, come back, talk more about Sox, Cubs, Hall of Fame. And our final caller of the segment is Bob and Dwight. He's up next on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Bob. Good morning. How are morning. you guys? Good morning. Great. Hey, Bruce, I just want to thank you for your comment about Jose Abreu and his uh, improvement as a first baseman because I'm, I'm really getting tired of, uh, sportscasters and some of your personalities actually there at the score, uh, calling him a butcher. And I was like, well, okay, wait a minute. I don't see a butcher. I watch every game and I've not missed one. And I don't see a butcher there. I see somebody who makes some very good plays, uh, rarely makes a bonehead play, uh, and to me is a better than average uh, first baseman. So I just wanted to thank you on that. Yeah, well, listen to this uh, before we go to break. Uh, two years ago at this time, the All-Star break, uh, Abreu was called into the office, and, and thanks for your call, uh, Mike. Abreu was called into the office by Ricky Renneri, and he said to him, Jose, we think that you're going to be a fantastic DH for us in the second half and beyond. And Abreu, who had a brutal first half defensively, said, I'm not a DH, I'm a first baseman. He said, well... The way you've been playing, you're playing like a DH. So he went to work, mm-hmm. and he worked before games, after games with, uh, with uh, Joe McEwing, their infield coach, and became a, a very hardworking defensive player and a very adequate one at the very least. Doesn't have great range, has good hands, but, I mean, you know, the point is, is that's where the impetus was for him to be a complete ball player after that conversation with Renteria. 312-644-6767 is our number. We'll continue to take your calls. Dave in Plainfield, hang on. You'll be first up when we come back. We'll talk more Sox. We'll talk more Cubs. We'll talk trade deadline. We'll talk about Ben Zobrist in that situation. Also, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony is tomorrow. Both sides of town will be well represented with Harold Baines 
and Lee Smith both getting inducted in Cooperstown. It's inside the clubhouse. Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito right here on The Score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito with you until 11 o'clock. The Open Championship coverage on The Score presented by the BMW Championship at Medina Country Club, August 13th through August 18th. Visit BMWChampionship.com. Bruce, when we uh, last talked, uh, last time we were talking about should he stay or should he go, and our candidate, Jose Abreu, lots of uh, reaction uh, via text six seventy eleven and also right. on the phone lines. Well, if you got more, we'll take it. Otherwise, we yeah. can head in. Why don't we uh, go ahead and clean them up? We got Dave in Plainfield uh, with Jose Abreu thoughts here on the score. Hey, Dave. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, I am. I got one comment in. A, in a, I'm going to ask Bruce something because he's locked in on all these things. Um, I am so tired of hearing about Abreu being traded. The man needs to stay here. You've gotten to a point with this rebuild, which I'm so sick of hearing about, because you've got to get scouting in there to start getting yourself other players besides what they've been doing. They have not done a doggone thing in the last couple of years in getting pitching or anything else. And I don't want to hear about injuries. Every organization has them. Oakland, for some reason, every year, Piles up the pit. I don't know where they get these guys, but they seem to get the job. Tampa the same way. There's other organizations that do a better job of getting pitched, and they don't have to trade everybody under the sun. The White Sox seem to be into this thing. Stop being so cheap on the south side. Get this guy signed. Take the money that you're supposedly going to get from Machado and go out and sign some people. I know it's hard to sign pitching, but you're going to have to do it. It's just tiresome of it. You got people, you need to stay here. You stick him in a team like Boston, the guy will lead the league in home runs, RBIs, and hitting. It, it's just, you know, especially with good hitters around him. That's all I got to say. Right. Have a good day. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Appreciate Dave. it. That's what we're here for. Open forum on uh, your teams, your thoughts, and Mike and I will just chime in. Mike, uh, you know, this, I can't agree with everything he said because of the fact is they've made some trades. And they brought in some pitching. They brought in Giolito in a trade. They brought in mm-hmm. Lopez in a trade. Mm-hmm. They brought in Cease in a trade, okay? Mm-hmm. They brought in Kopech in a trade. So, uh, you know, giving these people time to develop. Uh, last year at this time, Giolito looked like a total washout. Worst pitcher in the American League. Ended up with the worst ERA. Walked 90 guys. The worst in the American League. Second worst in baseball. Uh, you know, people were saying, what are you going to do with this guy? comes out the first half he's the best pitcher in baseball so you have to allow the player development you have to allow the rebuild to keep going and he's right about one thing they're going to spend money starting next year they try to do it with Machado but I think most of their money goes toward pitching Mm -hmm. and free agent pitching if they can bring it in to go along with their young guys no team whether it's Houston the Cubs Kansas City nobody won a World Series without adding adding veteran talent. The, the Cubs, uh, you know, and I've said this before to you, Mike, added four players at a cost of $333 million, a third of a billion dollars, to finish off their championship run in 2016. So they had signed Hayward. They had signed Lester. They had signed Zobrist. Uh, they signed uh, uh, John Lackey. That cost them a third of a billion dollars to, to lock it down. The White Sox are going to have to spend money along with this player development, but they want to do it at the right time, and I think 2020 is the right year. 
Bottom of the hour brought to you by Northwestern Football. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field this fall as the number 17 Northwestern Wildcats host Ohio State, Iowa, and more. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. And you mentioned Zobris Bruce and, and Theo on with Bernstein and McKnight yesterday talking more about the Ben Zobrist situation with uh, his leave of absence, whatever you want to call it, from the team uh, for his family issues. Uh, Theo seeming, seemingly indicating that, you know, whether he's coming back or not, we should know for certain within, or at least they'll know for certain within the next week or so here based on just timelines in order to, to have him ramp up to play again. Yeah, I, I mean, look, he uh, kind of changed from uh, 10 days ago when he said we expect Ben Zobers to come back. Mm-hmm. He kind of backed away from that yesterday saying we need to know here in the week. We're not saying he is coming back. So the story, you know, look, Ben is out there taking care of his family, uh, getting his kids ready for a new school year coming up here in uh, less than a month. Uh, These are things, you know, as a uh, soon-to-be single parent and uh, going through the high-profile divorce that makes it very difficult for him to come back and give 100% concentration to uh, sport, even though it's going to be the last year that he plays Major League Baseball. Sure, he'd like to go out or the right way, but I don't know if you can do those two things... uh, completely the way you want to, knowing uh, the perfectionist that Ben Zobrist is. Bottom of the hour also brought to you by Anthony Buick GMC in Gurney. July is a great time to buy at Anthony Buick GMC. There are over 400 vehicles with huge savings on every Buick and GMC truck. GMC, they are professional grade. Anthony Buick GMC. Visit anthonygurney.com. So the Cubs uh, with 12 days or so till the trading deadline, left-handed pitching uh, in the bullpen, certainly something, uh, as we discussed earlier, uh, and with the demotion of Rosario to bring Edwards back, Kyle Ryan is the last lefty standing in that bullpen, Bruce, and uh, you figured that'd be something to change. Although when we talked to Carl Edwards in the, in the clubhouse yesterday before the game, he seemed to, to say, you know what, he can pitch against lefties. Yeah, he, you know, he's a reverse split guy at his best. Now, mm-hmm. he hasn't been at his best since... Uh, 2017, what's a reverse split guy? A guy that gets out the other side of the plate as well as his side. In other words, right-hander against right-hander usually is ideal. Certain right-handers, certain left-handers are good against righties and lefties. So reverse split is what they're called. They have good numbers against, you know, he had good numbers against left-handers. I think he said it right, Mike. Uh, If I'm on my game, I'm getting everybody out. Mm -hmm. But... Matching up at the end of a game, when you're in, you're in September and you're facing Cincinnati, okay, and you got to get Joey Votto out in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, with men on base, or you're facing St. Louis and Matt Carpenter is coming up in the eighth or the ninth inning. You're facing Milwaukee and you have back to back trying to get out Yelich and Mustakis. You better have left handers. To, to match up. I mean, not only from the physical point of having lefties that can get them out, but just to keep the other manager honest, knowing that, hey, they only have one left-hander. You know, if he uses him in the seventh, we're going to have a clear shot at uh, me bringing in, uh, you know, Thames off the bench in the eighth inning, and they're not going to be able to match up. These are the things that you have to think about when you go into those championship months in August and September, and you're not equipped 
to win those games in your division against the teams that match up better than you do. And, and, and I know this because I speak to a lot of Cub fans throughout the course of my, of my days. A lot of Cub fans still, even though Ryan has been really good this season, he's a young guy without a lot of experience. You want to be reli- so reliant on him. There's a lot of people still nervous with the whole Kyle yeah, Ryan thing as being the only young guy he is. out there. He's been around a little bit, actually, Mike. But having him... But, but, but major league experience, you know, he hasn't, hasn't dominated. Right. Th- th- I guess that's what I'm getting to. I know people are a little nervous about having him being the, your primary lefty out of the pen. Well, the primary lefty, uh, again, I'll, I'll make the point. You match up in, the, let's say the, the, Brave, the, the Brewers are playing the Cubs, and you bring in Ryan to get out Yelich and get out Mustakis in the seventh inning, mm-hmm. and he gets the job done. Mm-hmm. And, in the, and in, the, in the eighth inning, you have a, a man with tying run or go-ahead run at second base, and Council wants to bring Thames in off the bench, and you don't have a left-hander. You, you lose that game because of that. That's, that's on the front office, and they know it. So they're going to get something done. You're going to see a Watson. You're going to see a Smith. You're going to see a Yates or somebody like that to come in for their bullpen. The problem is there's four or five other teams, maybe six, that are looking for the same things that you are. We need to take a break. When we come back, we will take more of your calls, 312-644-6767. We will definitely talk about tomorrow's Hall of Fame induction, Harold Baines and Lee Smith. Uh, among the class of 2019. So Cubs and White Sox represented there inside the clubhouse with Bruce and Mike here on The Score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse, alongside Bruce Levine, it's Mike Esposito. We are here for another 20 minutes or so, and then Steve Rosenblum will jump on in. But Bruce, baseball Hall of Fame induction this weekend. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, you've got a, a great class of 2019 Headlined by Mariano Rivera, who got 100% of the vote. First time that's ever happened. Uh, but among others, Roy Halladay, Mike Mussina, Edgar Martinez, and then the two Chicago guys going in, the Chicago players, I should say, with connections, Harold Baines and Lee Smith. Yeah, a lot of talk about whether Harold deserved it or not. Uh, you know, I'm these days, you know, I look at uh, Edgar and I go, well, he was a batting champion, you know, six or seven times. Mussina won 260 games, you know, I guess, but never an MVP. I mean, never a Cy Young, mm-hmm. you know. So you can punch holes into anybody's uh, theories. So let's, uh, let's start a little bit with uh, Ozzie, Ozzie Gein, who's one of Harold Bain's best friends and who, uh, Ozzie said, he owes his career as far as handling himself to Harold Baines. Talking a little bit about, uh, you know, how tough that era was that Harold played in. Nowadays, people have so many opinions, so many opinions. This guy should be doing this, this guy should be doing that. I, I, think, I think Harold deserved that. You know I mean? People forgot Harold Bain went through two, maybe three strikes. Because uh, him stuff. He keep moving from team to team, year by year, never have a multi-year contract. Uh, he did what he's supposed to do. Uh, to make that opinion or to make comments about it, about that, uh, you had to be living that era. You had to leave that era when Harold leave. You know what I mean? Now everything is on social media. Everybody, you know what I mean? You got TV shows, you got radio shows, talking about somebody. Talking about the before that, you don't have that much, that much press or that much out there. You know, maybe you managed to talk about you, but that's it. Nobody out. Only you bat and what you can do now. You got one good week. 
Wow. You got one good month. Wow. You got one bad day. Get him out of here. That's, that's it right now. I'm, now I'm living the life. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know this thing was that bad. Now I'm, I know how I feel that looking from outside, uh, how that, but I think Harold Bain live in the era, very tough era. It's not what's easy one. Another friend of uh, Harold Baines, Ron Kittle, on whether Harold is deserving or not. I'm a fan of baseball, besides being a player. Uh, I could probably pick 10 to 15, maybe 20 that don't belong in the Hall of Fame and others who should be in the Hall of Fame. But every city has their local favorite player that they watched growing up who should be in the Hall of Fame, or at least they think so. Harold's there. Uh, I said earlier, I was in Cancun on a beach smoking a cigar when he got announced. It was 85 degrees or something like this, hot, and I got the chills. I mean, there's not many people give me the chills in life uh, when he got announced, and I thought it was pretty incredible. He's well-deserved it. I mean, us two been around a long time, watching him do some serious things out there. And uh, like I said, I don't know how he stayed so quiet. That would probably kill Ozzy and I. We couldn't do what, what Harold did. Certainly not. Two of uh, Harold's best friends that will be there. And, of course, uh, Lee Smith, who uh, we watched uh, for the first uh, seven, eight years of his career as a Cub, uh, be dominant. Unfortunately for Lee in Chicago, a lot of people still remember that home run that he gave up to Steve Garvey uh, that went over the fence and kind of changed the entire uh, outcome of the 1984 season for the Chicago Cubs. But Smitty, with uh, almost 500 saves, was ignored for such a long period of time, and he was such a great closer, Mike, because back in the day of Lee Smith, in the first 12 years of his career, he was called in in the seventh inning with Mm -hmm. the tying or going-ahead runs on and pitched the rest of the way. Many people believe the save's always been, oh, that one-inning guy comes in. Well, that all changed in 1987 when... Dennis Eckersley went to the Oakland A's, and they, they came up with LaRusso and Duncan came up with the one-inning save guy. Before that, it was Gossage, it was Suter, mm-hmm. uh, it was um, Fingers pitching from the seventh inning on to get that save. Tony LaRusso has got his fingerprints all over this segment, part of the Harold Baines uh, Hall of Fame thing and, and also the, uh, the save thing for Lee Smith. Uh, a nice piece in uh, today's Tribune, Madeline Kenny uh, uh, talked to Lee Smith, but... Uh, I got I got to chuckle out of this. People ask him about his favorite memory as a Cub, and he, he mentions the Sandberg game, and he said, you know, people ask me if I remember it, and it's like, hey, wait a second, I pitched in this game. I was the winning pitcher in right. this game. <laughs> yeah, he did. Just like, uh, you know, two Hall of Fame closers, him and Suter, both got beat up in that game, uh-huh. and Smitty got the win. You know, Suter gave up two home runs in the game, the only time in his career, both to Sandberg, and, you know, that was a fabulous game that we uh, – we uh, celebrated here on uh, June 23rd. But that was, uh, you know, the essence of their careers. Uh, they were just fabulous closers. I'm thrilled to death for uh, both Harold and for Lee Smith, and uh, they, they are getting their due. And the speeches, uh, induction ceremony, et cetera, all that happening tomorrow. One last Hall of Fame question just real quick for you, Bruce. Mariano Rivera, clearly uh, an elite player but your thoughts on him being the first to get that 100% of the vote? Well, I, you know, b- being in the Baseball Writers of America Association, you know, proudly, I'm, I'm very pleased that someone didn't make the statement of, hey, I never vote for a guy the first time he's on his ballot yep. or, you know, come up with some crazy idea that he wasn't worthy. I mean, this guy was 
the most dominant closer ever, 600 saves. I mean, you know, to think that Willie Mays or, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. or, you know, uh, Maddox weren't 100%, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, these were Hall of Fame guys. There, there's no question about, right. you know, them. So to, to see the people uh, vote 100% for them was, was the right thing to do. That, that's always my take. When I look at some of the old vote totals, it's like, yeah. wait a second, how did Willie, who, who didn't vote for Willie Mays, right? I mean, no, that, that's the, ridiculous. The voters should never make it about themselves. And Agreed. when you do that, you're making it about yourself. You're making a statement saying, you know what, um, I, I think that there might have been a flaw here. Well, if you can fi- find a flaw in Mariano Rivera or Ken Griffey Jr. or Willie Mays, it's not worth it to make a statement because they were just fabulous beyond anything that you could talk about. A few more minutes left here on the show. Let's get back out to the phone lines, 312-644-6767. George is in River Grove. He is up next on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, George. Hello. Good morning, George. Once, twice, we're going to have to move on. Uh, we'll move on to Robert on the South Side is up next on Inside the Clubhouse. Yeah, I was wondering, that game yesterday? Yes. Do uh, you think uh, any other team would have probably locked that game up a long, a long time ago and just it never came to just throwing the ball all over the place? A team that's probably in uh, the Cubs and the Padres. What do you you mean by locking it up? I mean when they when they had the lead and then they just pretty much faltered down at the end with ground balls, double play balls, routine double play balls, and all that. Well, there's a reason why you're still. If you look at their team, and thanks for your call, Robert. They have tremendous young talent. They have Mm -hmm. probably the best young talent in baseball right now coming up. Uh, some of these guys are still developing at the major league level. And uh, I, I think, you know, you're looking at some guys that are going to be all-stars for many years to come on that team. They weren't up to it yesterday. I don't know if the heat got to them or not, but, you know, uh, but it was a um, it was a all-star that got the main error, and that was uh, Hosmer. The ball got through his mm-hmm. legs. They gave him – that was a tough error. It was a sinking – pitch coming uh, from the catcher yep. coming from uh, from Mejia but uh, you know again uh, there's a reason why teams have losing records and a lot of it usually comes back to the defense yesterday was one of those games the Padres they, they they hit better the Cubs got the big hits the Padres had more hits the Padres were on base more Cubs yeah. were also able to to squelch those opportunities and then they took advantage of the mistakes. They, they, did, they did, but they have to start being able to manufacture runs against left-handers. You know, the bulk of the five of their runs came via the home runs. So they're, they're going to have to – I mean, they've had, they had some good at-bats, but uh, they, they have a lot to prove there. Let's take one more, Mike, before we're out of here. Jim is in Downers Grove. He is up next. Hey, Jim. Hi, how you doing? Good. Go ahead, Jim. Okay. Um, I just wanted to mention about Jose Abreu. Like, he's a good ball player, but I noticed this year it's his walk year, and he seems like he lost a lot of weight coming into the season. And in prior years, it seemed like he was always pulling muscles and out near the end of the year and stuff. And I just wonder whether, you know, they sign this guy and he's going to go back to doing what he did. And the other thing about him is you got Frank Thomas. He used to go from first to second. He'd accelerate, and then it would halfway through, he'd have to, it was like a truck. He'd have to start putting the air brakes on. You know, Jose Abreu does that, too. So, basically, if he's on first base, he's never going to go first to third on a hit, you know. Well, I so, think you... um, I, I think that's under 
um, uh, underemphasize. Uh, you know, they had first to third ability, second to home. Is that a deal breaker for you? I don't know. I, I think he's – I also wonder – I don't hear the statistics, but I wonder what he, his uh, uh, hitting and uh, runs and scoring position is. Well, you know, well, maybe he does okay. I don't know. I always get the feeling that he does better. And he's a professional hitter. He'll, he'll hit the right field, you know, uh, sometimes, to, to, you know, with two strikes or something yeah. like that. The other thing I wanted to mention was – Yeah, you know, um, we're going to have to – we hit the wall here in our I just show. want to say Harold's a professional. Yeah, thanks. Uh, he was going to talk about Harold, but uh, Mike, uh, we have people to thank. Ben Zobra, I'm sorry, not Ben Zobra. Kyle <laughs> Schwarber joined us on the show today. Uh, Zach Withers did a terrific job, as always. It was fun having you here uh, joining us today. People can follow me on Twitter uh, at MLB. MLB Bruce Levine. Also on our website at 670thescore.com. Have fun with Rosie. If you can. I shall. And by the way, Jose Abreu this year with runners in scoring position is batting 305 with an OPS of 843. How's that for quick info? Bruce, thank Kyle Schwarber. Thank you, Bruce. Enjoy the uh, very sweaty ballpark today as you head on out to Wrigley Field. And as he said, Steve Rosenblum will be here in our next. We'll do some Saturday suckage for you uh, until Cubs pregame at 1245 here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.